This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Forest. I'm your host, Cameron Lemons Deborah. Yeah, and these are so much fun to do after a win. I don't really care how stressful the win was. These are always so much fun to do. Wake Forest on Tuesday went into the lovely city of Boston. Cam Hildreth got some revenge for 1776. Took a win over the Boston College Eagles. Took them down 84-78. I think that's a solid win. Talked about it last time I recorded. One, I think you needed a road win if you're Steve Forbes, just as a tenure thing and also just as a, this resume needs needs some more roads and stuff on the road. Like you played well on the homestand. You need to play better on the road, whether that's on the road or just away from home. On the road, if it's a neutral site, you have to play better on the road, you know, came out a little flat. Didn't play your best ball until probably the last you know, five, six minutes of the first half. Came out of the second half, and you know, Steve Forbes get, probably gave them his one of his speeches. I really just want to have like a camera in there just to know what's being said during these second half speeches, when, especially when they're down. I just want to know. But you know, Boston College is a, I think, going to be a solid team. You know, I'm going to say that, and then oh, I look at their next six games on the schedule, and it's at Georgia Tech on Saturday, to, at Syracuse, at Clemson, host Notre Dame, host UNC, and then go to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech. Georgia Tech's been annoying. They did just get the absolute crap kicked out of them by Florida State. Syracuse has been interesting this year i don't know if that's a good team if that's a a tournament team or not they've just they've been interesting clemson did just get waxed by miami but i think clemson is a very good team like i i would not be shocked if clemson's playing for the ac title come march Notre dame i mean beat the hell out of a out of virginia you know i think and gave a scare to nc state who i still don't know what to think about nc state like i it was that one of those wins that makes you go, okay, cool, this is what this team actually is, or like they've wake up, they've woken up, or is it something that, you know, they probably should have lost that game and State's not that good. I don't know yet, but Notre Dame's going to ruin someone's season. Just got a got feeling on that. I think UNC's solid. I think this is a 
solid team. You know, I don't know if they're all that much different of a team than they have in the last couple of years, but I think they're just better morale wise and vibes are just a thing that you've got to work with. And if you have bad vibes and last year, that team had very bad vibes. I think this year, you know, having the divorce with Caleb love has worked out well for both Arizona and for both Caleb love going to Arizona and both UNC moving on and having just a different roster and having a different sort of play, you know, Baycott's still there. And I don't not, not the highest on Baycott, but I think they're a solid team. And Virginia Tech, while, you know, I think Wake, well, I think Wake did run them off the court. They still got some good players. Link Kid's solid. You know, when Post versus Kid is going to be hysterical. I think that's going to be something that, you know, no matter what happens between there, I'm going to, we're going to be annoyed. Whether it's Quinn Post just absolutely dominating Link Kid or Link Kid just doing whatever he can against, whatever, whatever he need, wants to against Quinn Post, and then we just start ripping out our hair. The next six games are really going to determine whether or not this Boston College team is like for real. They have a chance to kind of really shot, skyrocket up a little bit. Well, skyrocket not a little bit, but skyrocket up to you know, probably in the 60s, maybe the 50s if they can take care of some business, pull out an upset here and there. They also have a real good chance of like just tanking and it being the thing of like, yeah, this is going to be a really good win. I think about Wisconsin last year. It's going to be a really good road win. Love it. And then they just fall apart and you just start, damn it. Because it reflects bad against you because now all of a sudden that, that spread shouldn't have been wake only by like two points. It should have been wake by like 10 and you barely covered. And now wake looks worse. And it's just a, the net's a, I hate the net. I hate it. Hate it. But road wins are still important. It is important to win away from your home venue, whether they're Q1, Q2, Q3, Q11, Q14, whatever they want to put the quadrant in at this point. They're important. And it's important that you got there. Yep. Not going to go too in-depth on a 3-up, 3-down. Yep. I didn't love Andrew Carr's for the first 39 for 38 and a half minutes of the game. Hit a big shot at the end. I, I'll, I'll get into a little bit later. I'll talk about Miami, but my first, my, my original instinct was that I thought at, you know, having playing the four would be, a, would be advantageous for Carr. And I think it still very much is, but I think I need to tweak that take a little bit just in terms of the types of fours that he'll fit, that he gets the face. I think the, I thought the reps were just abysmal on both ends. I thought it was just a, not a one-sided game, but I thought it was a very, very much a just weirdly called game. There was just a lot of stuff that was just like, I, you don't call that. It was just different depending on who was driving the ball. The the one where Hunter Salas is just like defending a guy, just essentially, and he dives to go out of bounds and they call a foul on Hunter. I, I've lost my mind. I keep keep hearing refs have never been better in football and basketball, and I keep seeing keep watching stuff. And going, you sure they haven't been better? If this, if this is if this is their better, I fear to know what what worse is. But and I, I thought things got stagnant when Boopy had some that was sat on the bench for a bit. You know, I, I think they could definitely use another ball handler. With it, Steve Forbes went went on a show with Stan Cotton the other day and said that Chow, uh, it looks like he'll be you know a week or two away. I think that'll be really really good for this team just to have another solid ball handler. You know, obviously needs to ramp up to be playing in game shape, be able to play in the ACC, but having more bodies that you can throw in. And I don't think Jow is going to sit here and play 20 minutes, but it's about like what you just had to go through against Boston college, where you need to steal some minutes. It's not going to be an every time thing. 
you know, not every, not, Boopy's not going to get three, four fouls every single time, but being able to steal minutes is important, whether it's at the end of the half, you know, someone's just tired. It's a long season. People get banged up. People get sick. Everyone has quote unquote flu, not, not Wake Forest, but everyone in the world has quote unquote flu like symptoms right now. It's not, it's not the flu, but everyone had everyone's sick. Everyone gets injured. You know, having more bodies is better than having less. And you know, I think having Jao back, especially the way that Jao, I, I very much think Jao can play a very important role in, in this game just because, not in this game, but in this season, because he's someone that I know wants to work his tail off to to be back and play at this level. And I know they were very, they were a little bit down on Jao, you know, the first, when he first came out, because it's not so much that he thought that he was just bad, but just that, you know, was he met with, did he not recover all the way? Is he still just like a little bit behind? But then that last like second half of the summer, I, I had someone who I know a couple people who watched a couple practices and there was a practice where it, it was, I believe like Hunter and Cam and Efton all on one team. And then it was like Jow and Boopy and then a bunch of like the freshmen and younger guys on, on the other side. And essentially Jow and Boopy just said, we're not losing today. They had just they had just lost like two days before that. John Boop was just went like, nope, not doing it today. Hate it, hate it for you. And <laughs> the person I was talking to that watched that practice was just like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know what you want to do about that. Like, like Chow just was like, you're not going to score on me. I'm going to score every bucket I possibly can. Sorry, sorry about it. So I think if Chow can bring that intensity, playing you know some spot minutes towards as the season goes along, starting you know late January, mid to late January, early February, then I think that'll be really, really important as this team goes on, especially for how fast this team plays. You know, everyone's been playing 35, 38 minutes. Having some, being able to steal some minutes to keep them fresh for later on would be really, really nice. Some three ups, like I'm going to put them as one. Uh, Boopy and Hunter, every time they play, I continue to think I continue to see more and more evidence that Hunter Salves is just not going to be here next year, which I know might be a little bit of a pain for Wake Forest fans. But like, because I know, I know it's always a, you know, we get the one year of really, really good of a really good player. And then he always leaves, but like this dude might be a, this dude's going to be a first round pick, man. Like this dude's going to be a, a first round pick. It's he's good. He's really, really good, and I am, I, I'm, I'm very, very happy for him that he that he got out of whatever Gonzaga was doing. Also, Gonzaga looks terrible, by the way. They look awful. I, they, they are. I know they're ranked like 24th or 25th or something right now. That's a bubble team. That that's a bubble team. That that team's not good. But I, I love what Hunter's been showing. Like I, I was talking to some people, and to me, it's like he reminds me just a lot of Dejounte. Like he, he just, in terms of just every single like aspect of what, of what he does, like it's part, it's partially just a, it's partially some, someone that I, I think it's like, you no, know, I, the threes, threes are, are fine. Like I, I really am. I'm, I'm really happy about how he's progressed at, at the three point, three point line, because that was a worry I had about this team without without Damari but I mean just in terms of like he's a pseudo point guard and like in a wings body he's the length fluidity I think the measurables are pretty much the same 
they create for themselves off the dribble. You know, they're really, really surgical. Like they are absolutely surgical from the mid range. Um, I I think I would trust Hunter's three point shooting a bit more than I would DeJounte Murray. But I mean, when, and there are just times where both of them, like if I need them to lock in, just defend someone for like five seconds, like for a possession or two, they're going to do it. And they just are really going to overwhelm the the other person, which is how just their length. And I, he's going to be a really good NBA player. I think he's going to, I don't know if he's, he's, I don't know necessarily if he's going to be, you know, Nikola Jokic, Giannis, Wimby, but like, I think he's going to have a solid shot to being a very solid rolling, a very solid player in the NBA. Boopy is just your quintessential. Like, I think he's just a really good college player. I think he's going to stay for another year or two and just continue to rack rack up, you know, just being good. I mean, he's just diminutive in size is what it is. But, I mean, he he's a killer. He's a killer. Efton Reed, baby. Efton Reed. <laughs> they continue to win when Efton Reed has been eligible which should not be surprising because one of your best players is eligible. Shocking. One of your best players from the summer comes back to your team and you haven't lost since he's gone back. Stunned. Super stunned. So I, I like, I, you know, the first half wasn't great. Yeah. It would have been lovely if I, I thought it was very funny. There were a couple of possessions where post has like, he's trying to back down Reed and has his elbow like in Reed's throat Reed defends it pretty well. Doesn't get doesn't get a doesn't get the basket go in, and he's like complaining for a foul. And it's like, dude, you had a you're, you're like forearm in in Efton's throat. Like, chill out, dude. So, I, but I think Efton has really brought what we've wanted so far. You know, I I don't think anyone has thought, hey, you know, Wake needs Hunter Dickinson at center. I would love Hunter Dickinson. I love Zach Eady there. I think just a simple upgrade at the center and make them just not have to worry about 24 seven, what's going to go on down low has made the team so much better. And I think that's the expectation of what we've thought. And then, you know, now the other was obviously the second half, like wake four second half's been one of the best bets you could probably have made all year, depending like every game wake four second half has been great. So now we're in, starting to get into the territory of, you know, you're in, you're in your rooting guides. You have your, okay, we play, the non-conference we started playing a little bit of conference play so you kind of look around the acc and around the country of who you're rooting for utah someone that wake forest fans should obviously be rooting for had a tough loss against arizona state and go to and goes to play arizona in a couple of days that frightens me about that utah team i think they're really good but that was it might not be it might not be a good week for the for the utes boston college has short tech on saturday Virginia Tech has FSU, Rutgers goes to Iowa, Florida host Kentucky, and then UGA goes to Missouri. So, I mean, I don't, outside of probably one just getting skunked, but probably BCGT. Yeah, yeah, Boston College and Virginia Tech are the ones that if you lose, things could get really dicey in terms of like, man, those are just two wins that just, that we had that, you know, they just are going to age poorly. But I think there's still considerable upside. I think Georgia Tech and Florida State are too solid, like better than metrics have them teams, which sucks because the ACC, like, it is what it is. Net, hate it. Iowa's solid team in the metrics. I think if Rutgers can pull a road win, that'll do wonders for both them and also Wake's profile. Florida hosting the, a top 10 team. You know, the road games are scary. You know, Florida can pull out a win there. That makes that win for Wake look so much better. Missouri's been a solid team. UGA is kind of meh in the rankings. I think a win there 
boosting UGA's profile would look a lot better for Wake Forest, especially just you know being a loss. It'll happen. We'll turn the page to Miami tomorrow. I am begging. I am absolutely begging for the over-under on this game set by Vegas to be under 155. I'm I'm ho- 160 would be where my my ID my eyes are of like, okay, this is probably where it is. If it's in that like 153 to 155 range, I am so in on the over. This is gonna be a fast-paced game. I think this is going to be an exceedingly fast-paced game. Just my Wake Forest is a very fast team. The defense has been good, and I don't think this should be a game where if Miami scores 75, 80 points, you're going to be like, wow, man, Wake's defense is just really garbage. Miami Miami does this to everyone, man. Miami does this, this to everybody. There has been – have there been two games this year, three games that they've scored under 80, one of them – they scored 79 so whatever man they scored 73 against kentucky they got really well they got bulldozed in that kentucky on the road hard hard to play there and then they lost 90 to 63 against colorado neutral site again playing away from home is hard man it's really hard Colorado's also a, a very solid defensive team. Like I don't think people give Colorado enough credit. I think Colorado's a really good team. I know they got kind of waxed against Arizona against Arizona last night. That was also without two of their best players. So take that with a, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of that game with a grain of salt, just because you know I think Arizona still wins that game if those two players play. But I'm not really sure if it's a 47 point point like ass whipping if. If those two players play, but I, I think I'll rest a solid defensive team. Miami's going to put up points. They they are they are they are a fast team. They love getting out in transition. They're a team that loves their a solid three point shooting team. You know, this is this is one where I do not think Wake Forest is necessarily going to be concerned with Miami scoring points, depending on how it comes. You know, if you're if it's just a kind of a back and forth flurry on offense, you know, Wake scores three, Miami gets a two, Wake gets a two, Miami gets a three, but something like that. I don't think Wake's necessarily going to be really pissed off about that. Cause I think Wake Forest is going to go fast in this game. That's what you have to do against Miami because, because here's the thing with playing a fast team like that. And I think the same sort of thing with Wake Forest uh, football as well. It's that like not minus last year because last year they just stunk, but just this has been kind of the thing in terms of playing with Wake Forest is just in general. When you play a fast team, the best way to play it isn't necessarily to drug, drag it down the mud if you're a team that can also score. Because if you're a team that's like, yeah, you know, we're, we can score a lot, but we're really going to try to slow things down, be methodical. You take yourself out of your, out of your own flow. And then the second you start kind of making yourself stagnant, all of a sudden Miami's on an 8-0 run. Like they're gonna go on that 6080 run. Like, like that's just going to happen. They're gonna go on that run. And then all of a sudden, instead of that eight-o run happening and you end up being tied, or you and you're or you only up two, or you're only up only down two, you're down six, you're down eight, you're down ten, because you all of a sudden like you make yourself so stagnant and you're trying to play a different style of than what you're used to. That all of a sudden now you're out of rhythm. Miami's just doing fine, whatever. You turn the ball over. 
pull two points the other way, now you're stuck. And so I think this is one that Wake's going Wake's to try to play fast. I don't know if this is going to be a game where they're going to try to speed them up in terms of like full court pressing. They might throw it in there occasionally just to give them a different look here and there. But I don't think it's something where they think they can wear down Miami's team. This is something that they're, I think they're like, look, we know we have one of the best offenses in the country with Booby, with Hunter, with Cam, with Andrew Carr, with Afton Reed, with Parker off the bench. They Wake Forest believes they have an insanely good offense, and they're like, okay, cool. Let's see if you can match us. And I think that's probably the best game plan against this Miami against this Miami team. You know, there's a couple of uh, popcorn matchups. Wuga Poplar is questionable with a pack injury. You know, I think if he does play, then you have a really, really, really fun matchup between him. Uh, which I mean, I think it's an ankle injury. Um, it's a it's a really, really fun in like matchup between him and Hunter House. You know, he's a like Poplar is a, a he's I think he's shooting like fifty percent. I'm pretty sure he's shooting fifty percent from behind the arc. 6'5", solid rebounder, good defender. Yeah, he just gets buckets. I think him versus a guy that just gets buckets and is a pretty solid defender in Hunter Salas is great. You know, I think there's some there's some turnover issues, not issues, but he he does give it up more than a lot of people on there on that team. He doesn't really turn it over that much. If Poplar and Hunter go at each other, I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. Andrew Carr versus Matthew Cleveland. So this is the part where I was like, you know, I, I again, I think that Wake that Andrew Carr playing the, his natural four is going to be a lot better for both him and the team moving forward. I'm going, to, I'm going to stand on that, and I'm going to, to that is just what I think is going to be a best for the team. However, I do think there is a little bit of a difference in between the ones he's going to be successful against. I think you know, against those kind of bruiser types. He might not be the best against just because they're just they're they're not there to be athletic here or there. They're here to just be absolutely physical. And I think Carr can be pretty physical in terms of in terms of like especially on defense. I think he can definitely be a physical guy. And I thought he was fine on defense with his physicality. Offensively, though, I'm not necessarily sure that that's where you his like bread and butter is. I think he is going to thrive more so towards the athletic kind of guys the guys who's like cool let's just get out there and let's just kind of hoop and that's where i think a matchup with matthew cleveland makes that a lot a lot more interesting for me than a guy like where he just where he against mclaughlin who just played against boston college because i think that's more the guy where i think you see andrew carr kind of shine because he can he can use a little bit more finesse he can kind of he can use his athleticism he can use that and he doesn't have to worry about running into a brick wall instead of that he has to worry about something that's kind of on the lighter side you know, the athleticism might not work out the best for him on the defensive side, but I think offensively he'll be able to get more involved and be able to really use what you know the reason we want him at the floor. So I think those two matchups, if Poplar plays, are going to be very, very, very good. Well, very, very interesting. I think they're, they're popcorn matchups and the ones to kind of watch out there. If Poplar does not play in this game, I'm curious. Because they started Kaishon George last time out against Clemson. And obviously they won. They played well. I think the the, the makeup of Clemson's team is just different than what Wake's team is. Wake's team is, is kind of unique. 
I think the only team that I don't really think there's another team that's built like Wake in the ACC. Like you have to truly match Wake's size more often than not. Or if not, you have to be just insanely strong at the four to be able to kind of knock Carr off of spots. I'm intrigued to see if they put Michael Nuoko in. I think he's 6'10", center. Wake Forest is very familiar with him. Uh, they recruited him. I'm I'm really intrigued to see if they if Miami goes that route either to start or for you know some stretches of time, especially if you know Cleveland isn't really handling Carr that often, or you know for or for example, or <laughs> Reed is going off and they feel like no, we need some more some more size. We need to have some sort of help for a Norchat to to really sort of help help this thing out. So I, I'm really. I'm really intrigued to see what what happens here because I mean, Efton's got some size on Norchap, but Norchap's good. So that's I, that. If I had a third popcorn matchup, that would be it. He's a he's a rebounding machine, but I'm I'm really intrigued to see what happens against a just a better big because I think I think Efton Reed ha, is not your just traditional man. Eh, like he's just kind of fine. Throw him out there. No, I think Reed could really do some damage in this matchup against against Ormir. He's one of my favorite players. I love Norchad. I think he's great. I but I think this is a matchup that I'm like, okay, like I think I would I would prefer reading this matchup. So transition defense is going to be important in this game. Shout out less. Per synergy, Wake Forest is in the 64th percentile in percent in uh, points per possession when it comes to transition defense. It's good. That's what like, the label is literally good, not very good, but good. They're fine. Uh, it's 0.971 points for points of possession. I, I think that's that's fine. I, I think honestly, if that's about where you are in with this Miami game, cool with me. But this is honestly the first team that you've played in a very long while that is as that's fast and also just this talented. I think Miami is until you start until you play Duke, Miami's probably the most athletic team you'll play all year. Like I, I think up until this point, like Miami is going to be the most athletic team to play. And so I'm intrigued to see if that transition defense keeps up. And I know going to the season, T4's voice, that transition defense was something he knows that he was, he was a little bit worried about and something that he knows that they had to make sure they shored up as the season went along. They've done a better job of that. The last since Efton has joined the team, they've done a much better job about that. But again, Miami's a different beast. I'm intrigued to see how that continues. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All right, I had to address it. Yes, I have seen, read, heard, talked to people about Steve Forbes. If you have been been living under a rock, you would probably know that Steve Forbes has been a hot topic of discussion from just, you know, he's been on a very, very, very good job at Wake Forest. And has potentially been linked, not potential, but has been linked to the West Virginia job. You know, by, by someone who has a lot of connections. And love you, Trilly. I know you listen to this. Hope you're doing well. So I have, I heard about this whole connection stuff with West Virginia. I'm just going to kind of lay some stuff on the table. Call it scene setting. Heard about this stuff back in October. It was kind of middle of October. Got got a got a DM from someone in trust, and they were like, "Hey, heard anything about Steve Forbes in West Virginia?" And I was just like, "Dude, I'm going through a crappy football season right now. I don't need more on my plate." But let, let me know what you got. And back then, it was nothing really too substantial. It was just a you know back channel stuff, which happens. You know you. West Virginia was in shambles. Um, you know, you hear about that. Everyone, it'd be malpractice for you as a coach and as an agent to not check in just to see, hey, what's going on here? Just do your job. That's just life. Everyone, everyone does it. Everyone does it. It is okay. It doesn't mean they're not loyal. Everyone does that. It's fine. So then we roll around to probably a week ago or so. And I'm like, I hear it again, and I'm like, dude, can we not? I'm actually having a good season. Don't do this. There's never a good time to do this stuff. Um, and I mean, again, I heard it was just back channel. I heard it was back channel stuff. You know, I and so from there, I start thinking about. So whenever this stuff happens in terms of coaching, I always think about why would they leave? Why wouldn't they leave? I'm going to start with the why would someone leave, for example. I've seen some stuff about you know West Virginia not being that good of a job, et cetera, et cetera, money, yada, yada. If Wake Forest doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year because they're like the fourth or fifth best team, maybe I don't even want to say sixth, but if they're like the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC and they don't make it while you know seven, eight Big 12 teams make the tournament – and gets dunked regardless but you know seven or eight teams make it there that's kind of a reason to be like okay you know is there a way to have is there a way to bet the greener pastures not saying wake wake particularly is a dead-end job but the perception of the acc is something that's well noted both 
been closed doors and also out loud. Steve Forbes has, t- has touched on it. Multiple ACC coaches have touched on it. Jim Phillips touched on it. The ACC network, AC, we have all, I've touched on, like everyone has touched on the fact that the ACC's perception, regardless of their performance in March, regardless of their performance in March, the ACC's perception is absolute dog crap because the bottom end of it is so bad and that affects the metrics. And with that, people go, well, you know, if you lose an ACC game to, you know, Louisville or Notre Dame, you're probably not that good. The metrics suck. You don't have as many opportunities for Q1 wins because everyone's kind of in that middling range, not too high. You got mid-majors and the Big 12 kind of gaming the metrics. BYU is not a top 10, not a top five team in the country. You can absolutely miss me with that net. Just a BYU is not the number two team in the country. They are just not. That no. I will be gladly betting against them very soon. Iowa State is not a top 10 team in the country. Like let's 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 not let's let's be let's be real here. Let's be for real. But you know, if you're a coach and you're and you want to win, if you're a coach that wants to win and you're and you know you you get to being the fourth or fifth best team in the country, well, not in the country, but in, the, in this conference, and it's still not good enough. That that this would be this that would be the second time in Steve Forbes' history that he probably deserved to be in the tournament and didn't get in because well, well third if you count COVID, but the second time at Wake Forest that he didn't get in solely because the perception of the ACC is that bad. That is a reason to leave because if you think you cannot get to the tournament at this juncture. You might love the place with all your heart, but like that's that would that stings. Like, and I don't. Th- I think you'd be. I think you'd be lying if you said that it didn't sting, and you weren't be like, look, okay, could I possibly do something better somewhere else? You also have to look at the limitations of Wake Forest. Steve Forbes has done a tremendous, and I, I don't. I think it honestly under. It's honestly underscoring it to say it's just you know it's just the portal. You know, Steve Forbes just pulling guys out of the portal. The fact one he has a he has a freshman that contributes every single year he's done it the last the last four years he has a freshman that contributes well every single year but the fact that he has to the way he has to recruit in the portal and in the high school ranks with you know the nil is fine we'll get to that in a second the nil is fine now but you you don't you're not able to recruit anyone you want to out of high school because of grades you're not able to recruit anyone you want out of the portal because you can't recruit JUCO because those credits will never get in. You can't recruit rising seniors because they need two years before they graduate. You can maybe recruit a rising sophomore, a rising junior, depending on the school, and maybe his credits get in. It's it's just so you are sitting here having to you're you're sitting here having to play, you're having to fight with one hand and one leg tied behind your back and recruiting. That's frustrating. That's extremely frustrating to deal with. You know, it's the job you signed up for. That doesn't make it any less frustrating, you know? And then you look at West Virginia. West Virginia's playing in the Big 12. The Big 12, you know, they'll might probably get six, seven, eight teams in the in tournament. Just because, you know, if I look at the look at the conference right now, the Big 12 is one, two, three, four. They have five in the top 20. Six in the top 30, seven in the top 40, eight in the top 45, 
and then 10 in the top 55 in the top 60 I'll, I'll i'll make it an even number make tops they have 10 10 teams in the top 60 so they're going to get a ton of people in the tournament just because and all their and so many of those games that they play in so many teams that they that they play in the big 10 in the big 12 are going to be q1 games right now i know joe lenardi has an eight i think the athletic has them at eight you can basically be a middling team you can be a mid team and make the tournament because the rest of your conference is so good and that's what the acc kind of was for a bit and you know narrative kind of shifts around right now it's the big 12 and look you could just go and be west virginia be just fine and and you know make the tournament nil wise West Virginia has a ton of money. I don't let them, because they have a defensive end, leave to go to Rainer Pastures. Don't let them fool you and say, oh, West Virginia, like their fans, we're broke. We can do this or that. Every team stinks they're broke. Every fan of every team thinks they're broke. I have seen Ohio State. I have seen Ohio State fans say that they that they don't have the money to compete with like Georgia and Alabama. I have seen Georgia fans. Georgia fans that are smart that I I like, well, you actually know ball and know this and that that they think that they don't have the money to compete with Alabama and Michigan. Michigan fans don't think they have the money to compete when they lose out on recruits. Every like there are definitely schools who don't think who do not have the money that other team does. There's definitely tears in that. Every team thinks they do not have money. West Virginia has a solid amount of money. I know because I know Wake Forest lost out a recruit to them in football for a hell of a lot of money. I know that they have a solid NIL purse and they are willing. I mean, you saw what Bob, like Bob Huggins was working with some money. You get a coach in there that is a proven winner. That money is going to be flowing in West Virginia. And no offense to West Virginia. What else is there to do there? It's West Virginia. All you got to care about is sports. So it's they have they they are able to put up a lot of money in the coffers. That's just kind of how things are. They are able to put up more money than Wake Forest will be able to have at this point in juncture in NIL. That's enticing because that means more money. You think they got Jesse Edwards because he liked the place? You think they got Raekwon Battle because he liked the place? No, no. So there there is more money there. So those those would be you know big reasons why I would say look if someone was looking at a different job this is why now why wouldn't someone leave if you're Steve Forbes one there's been a ton invested here like b- between Steve everyone else they have basically like clear every time Steve was asked it might not have been been immediately but Steve is every time Steve was asked they've given him what he's needed They've given up. Look, you need this. We'll give you this. You need this. We'll give you this. You know, you're proof. You're winning. We'll, we're going to keep giving you stuff, including with his wife. Not saying it's a quid pro quo sort of thing, but I mean, they've like Wake Forest has tried to has helped make sure that he can do what he needs to do in order keeping keep, to keep Janetta happy, to keep her healthy, make sure she can continue on this journey back from essentially hell, and you know, I, she's doing a lot better. You know, I don't necessarily think she's in the position to move right now at all. I, I think that means I think that means the world to him. I think he is very, very, very appreciative of what Wake Forest has done for him, both in this 
you know, this awful scenario. And just in general, when it comes, you know, maybe he's been, they've been a little late on a couple of things, but I think now they kind of get the message on a couple of things of, hey, you know, we need to be up to speed on these things. And we go from there. You know, the NIL stuff was definitely a point of where it's, 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 it's kind of like, it wasn't a, like a, I'm going to leave if this doesn't happen, but it was kind of the, the worst kept secret that, you know, things weren't going great for Wake Forest in the NIL department. Wake Forest has definitely stepped that up both in football and in basketball. Like they have a significant, they have a significant money for retention in football and then a large part has worked. Basketball, they got Efton Reed, they got Hunter Salas, they got Booby. I think they're going to be, from what I've heard, they are going to be very well positioned next year. I think Hunter's gone. I, I think Hunter is gone. Just I don't think I don't think anyone expects Hunter to come back. But I think they're in a very good position to not only for the money they have right now and some things coming down the pipe. Especially yeah, especially with things, something someone just happened outside my door. That was weird. But I think especially, you know, if this especially if the season comes keeps going the way it goes, like it's January 5th, for God's sakes. But if the season keeps going the way it goes and you make the NCAA tournament, the money, the money finds itself. I cannot stress enough outside of Hunter leaving, because you need one scholarship, and I don't they're not pushing Hunter out the door for Juke. Let's be real here. But outside of Hunter, every single person on this team can return next year. And I think they are going to do everything in their power to make sure. Unless, because I mean, if Epson, if Epson just blows the hell up and becomes, you know, an NFL draft, an NBA draft, draft pick, there's only so much you can do here. But there, I think they're going there's going to be a push to return Efton, to return Cam, to return to Mari Monsanto, who, while I know he does not like to play school, and I really thought, like, my my initial thoughts going into the season were, you know, Tamari would come back around November, December, play the second half of the season, you know, ball out, get the get an NBA combine, in, combine invite, kind of bounce, depending on when Damari comes back and how he goes, you know, does he need another year in college just to prove he can be healthy? That's something that's really, that's going to matter. He can shoot, shoot the piss out the ball, but you got to prove he can stay healthy. They're going to, they're going to try to bring him back. They're going to try to bring Cam back. Parker, Bramo, um, Aaron Clark, all the boopy, boopy. Yeah. They're going, they, there are things in the works to make sure that, that these people can come back because if they can come out, it make the tournament and make some noise this year and then get a little bit older and Parker gets a little bit older and Aaron Clark gets a little bit older. Zach Keller has looked, re- has looked pretty, pretty good. He accepted his role and looked solid. Then all of a sudden this start, it starts building upon itself. Then, you know, you, you make the tournament this year, you make it next year. That 2025 class looks really good because you made the tournament in 2024. Now you're bringing in some higher rated recruits. You're always going to get some good portal guys, but now you can bring in better portal guys. It all kind of builds upon itself. I think they see this opportunity as a, we don't want to like both Steve Forbes and also people paying Steve Forbes. See this as an opportunity that this is where the momentum can be for Wake Forest. This is a very, very, very pivotal time in Wake Forest athletics. And I'm going to get back to Steve in a second. This is a very pivotal time for Wake Forest athletics 
in terms of football and basketball. The next three to four years are going to be so important in terms in the terms of building what is in protecting what's going to happen to this pro these programs whenever the big chop comes whenever the next step is of not even Florida State, even the ACC, but just whatever TV networks decide. That's not meant to see like, say, hey, let's worry about it, whatever. But I'm saying they are cognizant of what is at stake the next couple of years. I don't think your guys like Ben Sutton. I don't think your guys like Don Flo. I don't think your guys like Mitch Shaw, John Curry are sit are idly sitting by and saying, hey, you know, we're just going to kind of sit on our hands, not be proactive in terms of making sure we like we keep who we want to keep in terms of both players and and coaches. So if push comes to shove, well, just as I'm saying in a in a vacuum, if put if things push comes to shove, you know, Steve Forbes like, look, I'm thinking about leaving for the West Virginia job. I think they are very very willing to put up and just say, look. Write down what you want on the contract. We'll give it to you. Move on. Especially if he makes the tournament, give him what he wants. Just give it what he wants. Continue this momentum. You'll be fine. So now, what do I think is actually happening? What I think is actually happening is I don't think Steve Orbs is going anywhere. From both a, think, a thought process and from a talking to people process. Again, I think he very much appreciates what he's where he's at right now. Same sort of logic that I will continue to use with Dave Clawson, and and I will remind people that Dave Clawson's situation in 2021 was the weirdest situation I have had I have ever seen in my entire life. One day down the road, that's the stories of that will will be you know a little more public than they are now. There were I had national people in my DMs asking me, "Hey, is he going to sign this? Yes, no." Because they had they had heard some stuff, and they, these are very well respected and very well connected people, and they're like, "Look, I'm hearing this. What are you hearing?" Because no one knows right now. Because there's been three different stories being put out right now. So I I very much do understand where a very connected source could be hearing. Hey, you know, this could be a thing. I also think that the word "could" is a very key word here because i mean i think that's something that you know you're an agent if you're if you're an agent your job is to and a lot of these things like a lot of these things are agents i, I will say this is 1000 an agent like coming from agent sort agent driven sources not so much coming from steve forbes himself agent doing his job in terms of drum up interest you see steve forbes having a really really good season that's his job like that is just purely his job it, it's to get Steve Forbes more money because getting Steve Forbes more money means he gets more money and paying for the Maldives isn't cheap. It's just kind of the name of the game. It's going to be thrown out there happens. It's just life when you did, when you're working with agents, it's just life. So I understand. I kind of understand where this is coming from. I, I, at this point in time, I would say I, I, I would, I would put my chips on the table. They'll, you know, I'll bet, you know, however many months of rent I need to. I, I think Steve Forbes will be coaching at Wake Forest next year. 
Now that caveats a little bit if they like I I, I caveats a little bit if you know the team just absolutely just blows up they just absolutely implode towards the end of the year and just lose like 10, 12 straight then you know who who knows about a lot of the things it's Jan- again it's January fifth but I as of right now I do not expect D Forbes to be coaching anywhere else but Wake Forest on J- come 2020 October November twenty twenty four I you'll I believe you'll still be at Wake Forest. This is just kind of a game you got. You have to play. It's stressful. It's kind of. It's not as stressful as realignment, but it's just a. You hear a lot of things, especially now. Now times because you never know when you hear the back channel stuff. It's like, is it, you know, Forbes' agent trying to leverage stuff? Is it someone else? Is it West Virginia's people trying to say, hey, we have this really nice guy, Dusty May. If you want to come on down, you better hurry up because you know Steve Forbes wants to be here. I know you're entertaining Louisville, but you can come over here. You know, if there's always these fun games that you're never going to get the 100% true story out of, of where or just why it's getting as loud as it absolutely is. But I will, I would put my, I would put my money on Steve being back at Wake Forest next year. And so I, I don't think it's a non-story because of one, who it came from and two, just the fact of this is just life in general. Like that's just, it, it's just something you're having to deal with. And so that's kind of why I'm addressing it. But I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not sitting here on pins and needles, just going, "Oh no, like Steve's going to be gone next year." You know, we phone up Pat Kelsey, phone up the UNCW head coach, phone up. You know, well, is Brooks going to come back? No, I'm. I'm not. I'm. At, I'm not at the point of thinking about that right now. I have my ideas of who I would want if he was to leave, but I'm not at the point right now. Uh, from who I've talked to, both pro and not affiliated with Wake Forest sources in terms of what the next movie will be. I'm going to keep on enjoying the season. I hope you guys are. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening to these. I'm always appreciative. As always, good eeks.